We are back for the last episode of Tommy Sparrow's Triple H. We hope you enjoyed the journey. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have, because now we get to end up on a high and talk about Tommy Sparrow's highlight, which was winning what, Dan? The bloody AFL grand final. Not your local little footy club (laughs) around the only Jets, whatever. The AFL grand final. The pinnacle of what you do at this sport. It doesn't get much better than that. And I think... I think just just to be playing football, yeah. let alone being playing in a grand final, amazing. It's and and in that situation too for for Melbourne Football Club yeah. in that year where haven't won for a while, they had a couple of drought years to then really be a part of that. You'll live that. Forever. It was super special to chat about that, and the first time I've ever spoken to anyone who's won an AFL grand final. So yeah. we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we hope you enjoyed Tommy Sparrow's. Triple H. An incredible person. I think it's been awesome to, like for me personally, I, I, I didn't really know him before the, no, no. before the podcast. And it's been a pleasure to be a part of his little podcast journey. Well, hope you enjoy. Thank you all so much. And we really hope you're enjoying this format as well, this new little episodes. And don't worry, in a few days, if you're someone who likes to listen to all of them, that'll be coming out on Wednesday. So enjoy. Sit sit Thank tight. you. Sit tight and ciao for now. Welcome to the Triple H podcast. Where we embrace vulnerability and encourage authenticity. As we have meaningful conversations with the people in our lives. We're your hosts, Dan and Jed. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Icing on the cake. A little bit of cherry time. Highlights. Positives. Highlights. Tommy? Your, I thought he premiership, premiership player. Hey, don't and, don't and put he, the words in his mouth. I think hey. you drafted. I'm sure there'd be lots of things. Yeah, I think you just you just mentioned it there. But, yeah, yeah, winning the premiership would have to be the highlight. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can get really any bigger, honestly, especially nah, in, that, in that environment as well. It's pretty – it's very cliche again, but it doesn't seem like it's happened. Year or you come into the AFL system just to just to prove yourself and get a game, get one game. First um, game against Port. Yep, round one. Didn't didn't get the chockies that day, but so at the time that would have if you had done this podcast then that would be my highlight or getting drafted, having my name called out would have been it. Um, then You're playing. Home. You're at home. Uh, I was at I was at the local pub because we didn't have Foxtel. Um, so I needed to go like, <laughs> yeah. I needed a TV. Needed I needed to see to, it. I needed to see it. Um, That's awesome. So I was just sitting there with my family, just hoping that one name would get called out. Um, and it did, thankfully. Um, so that would have been my highlight and obviously it's one of them. But then obviously you play a game, that's the next one. And yeah, then didn't think in three years time after getting drafted, I'd be playing in a grand final, let alone winning it. It was a pretty and, cool and experience. Kicking a snag. Sure. And that, like, and that as well. You just you go out there with the intention of just, you know, I'm just going to do what's required, um, just win. I don't play care if I have a play role. Was saying like just just play it's my role. cliche, but just do it. I don't care if I have one touch or if I have thirty. Just yeah. like, I want to win. And then to have some sort of an impact on the day was it was pretty cool. I felt very proud in that moment, especially for my friends and family. Like it's all that they've done for me. It was sort of a way to give back and say like, I've done you. Uh, yeah, radio, hopefully you can. Well, it was it was beautiful well because uh, like a lot of your mates came. Yeah, it was, and there's these amazing photos of yeah. you holding the cuff with like 10, 15 mates surrounding you. Yeah, that's. Uh, 
I've got that in my room. They got that for me for my birthday. Nice. Um, just like a – got like a whiteboard on the back and it's got them, all them just saying like these messages and on the front that photo. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I just see that as – it's a highlight of, of my career, of my life, but also everything that people have done for me in the lead up to that, it's like a, you can say like thank you, like, this is for you. Um, and all for, all for the fans as well. Um, a lot of them couldn't be there because it was in Perth, but yeah. them sticking with us. Um, and then they get a bit of reward as well. So that MCG moment would have been pretty special, especially especially with amazing. you probably thought, oh, how am I going to get like maybe ten thousand? I don't know. Like we'll just put it on and, and we'll see how many rock up. And what was the actual number in the end? Uh, there was sixty one. Oh, that is ridiculous. Do you know about this? You, you know about what they had. They had well, just basically a day where all you the fans come, yeah. just come to MCG and we'll do our lap of honor with yeah. the trophy, and to have. 61,000, like oh, you that, said. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I thought you meant for the grand final. Sorry, yeah. 61,000 at the grand final. I think there was like – More. No, no, no. Not, there was probably like 30,000. Yeah, okay. Still. That day, yeah. 30,000. It was basically the members' wing of the MCG was just packed. Like it was wow. – It meant so it much so to the club. Cooked. And just oh. people – and obviously like Neil Danaher and, and – Yeah, to have all the club legends there was – It's pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Like it was – it was pretty cool to be a part of that. And it's definitely something like you see all those guys and some of them haven't had the chance to play it or win in one. It's, it's like it's for them almost. Like you, um, someone like Nathan Jones, who is a massive influence on my career, his mindset, no matter where he was playing, was incredible the way he went about it. And then for the club to have success right at the end there was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. What can you really say? You know, like it's holy grail. It's the, thing, it's the thing you grow up playing AFL Live 2006 and <laughs> yeah. you do the campaigns, winning with your team and holding Dennis Committee. Yeah, Dennis Committee calling it. and But, like, it's it's surreal. It's it's a surreal thing I can only imagine. What moment do you feel like in that highlight when you were like, yeah, we've won it? Um, Luke Jackson. Uh, dogger. Nah, I, it's sort of – it's a bit hard to put a specific moment on it. Because, I like, that game was one of the best games ever, albeit, like, Obviously, great. You won and destroyed in the end, and won by what eighty points? Seventy four. Oh shit! I forgot. Don't you remember? I keep forgetting how much it because it was it was was so close. It was so close. I remember when Bont kicked that goal in the third. I thought, oh, they're on here. I had the box seat for that kick, and I was like, oh no. I remember going, oh, they're gonna like bullies are gonna run over the top here. I remember going like, yep, they're coming. But then, what was it? A three quarter time. That so we went into half time or quarter time. We're up by about. 20 points or something. Yeah. Um, even, yeah. And we went into halftime down. Yeah. yeah. Three-quarter time, what was like – And we were up at three-quarter time. By a lot. Like five or goals. No, nah, it was like 19 points or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it wasn't even that close. It was It was pretty still pretty close. Can you can you remember what Goody said at three-quarter time? Yeah. What was his What was oh. his last pump up for the year? He's, he, he potentially could lose a grand final. And it's a tough because 19 points is not enough to, to nah. be like, hey, we got but this. I think, and I think that's what he was saying. It was like – You've put yourself in a good spot here, but you can't just expect it to happen again um, for another quarter. Like you can't just expect just to roll out and yeah, it's going to be okay. They're going to give up. Way. Yeah, it's going to roll over. No, that's not going to happen. But seems like your fitness really paid dividends. Obviously, having Burgess as your strength and conditioning coach, it seems like every single game that you guys dominated or won was because you could just play out the last quarter really well. Yeah, I think that that we were really fit. Um, from a couple of years of, of Darren's, Darren's work as a high performance manager, he really put us through our paces. I remember that first year he came, it was, it was the hardest preseason I've done. Um, that's for sure. It was, 
oh, it was it was cooked how much running we were doing. But you look back on it and it's obviously been for the better. But I think the way that we play is pretty efficient when everyone's doing it correctly. Like when you're doing everything right and all the moving parts are in sync, it becomes the game becomes a lot easier for everyone. And then you got your crowd and the spirit of your teammates and that gives you so much energy. For me is also like with with the D's and, and you guys, it's how amazingly you guys respond. It's like a, someone will kick a goal against you. Next minute, Petrarca gets it out the middle. You get out the middle. They put it on themselves. All right, we've got to get the next goal. 30-second goal. Like yeah. I, I think that's so special and such a good sign of a team of how you – it's very easy to put your head down and go, oh, fuck, they just kicked a goal against us. But your ability to bounce back and score goals right away is, is, is incredible. And that's – I think that's a testament to the players. Um, like Christian, he does a lot of stuff around his mindfulness and resetting. And I've sort of joined that space as well a little bit now as well. And Goody talks about it a lot as well. Um, about resetting there's nothing you can do about what's just happened just all there is is the next one um so i think that's helped us a little bit but um obviously those guys are really talented yeah it helps that definitely helps yeah has there been one active player that's playing right now that's almost a bit of a mentor for you that quite takes you under his wing or just you work a lot with one-on-one i'd say yeah christian's been a massive help to me and then and uh jack viney as well um jack viney's who i used to Want to be? Yeah, that was who I modelled my. Uh, I modelled my whole game on Jack Viney. Uh, <laughs> those two boys, I reckon. I mean, the whole three, midf- that whole midfield, like the whole midfield group, is like you don't get to walk into a club and that's the midfield, and you can learn so much from yeah, those guys. Just like, the cherry on top. You got Max Gorners just tapping yeah, it down exactly. the throat of whoever they want. He's like, Heep. like Magic Johnson. He's just like, where do you want it? I'll give it to you. It's pretty cool to work with those those sort of guys. They teach you so much, but it's also on the young fellas to give a bit of energy as well. So yeah, they can can teach you everything that you that you want to know. Seems, seems like you got the perfect balance when, yeah. you've got, when you've got Luke and Cozzy and then you've got experienced people like um, Angus Brayshaw. Oh, sorry, Angus, no. Is it Angus Brayshaw? Yeah. Have I got that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's too no, many Brayshaws. I, I get confused between the three. And then you've got a mix of youth and, and, and knowledge. It sort of blends into one, like you said, of, of just a talented team. Yeah. And then Ed, just Tom Langdon running on the wing, just doing whatever he wants to do. Ed Langdon on the wing. Oh, shit. Once again. <laughs> nice, Dan. I really know my AFL players. Too many no, brothers yeah. we're talking about. Sorry, Ed. Sorry. Ed. Um, there's a really high-functioning group. Um, they get along. Everyone gets along really well. Yeah. Um, obviously, all clubs have their ups and downs. And when we're going, where those those boys, especially Jack, Christian, Clayton, Max in the middle, it's pretty hard to go past them as a as an on ball group. So just get everyone fit and firing and all in sync, and everything works better when you're working together. That's oh, it seems pretty obvious, but it really matters that everyone's on the same page as well. Tommy, how do you feel? Triple H, all done. Yeah, it feels good. feels good to tell those people how I feel, mum and dad, um, and just talk about these hardships and, you know, cap it off with a yeah. cherry on top there and, you know, really those moments that made me feel so so happy and, and just remember how grateful I am, um, all the things along the way that have that have shaped me to, to get to this point. So uh, thank you guys for uh, opening up and making me feel really comfortable in this space. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. On behalf of me, I'm sure Jed will finish off with a big speech for you, but I just <laughs> want to say thank you. It was the first time that I got to meet you today, Tom, and, and one of the coolest things about doing a podcast is, is being able to meet new people and, and then become friends with them afterwards. And, um, yeah, I've, I've loved watching your footy career and the things that you're doing. And, obviously, Adelaide is Adelaide and everyone knows one another. And I've got lots of mates who are friends with you as well and, and they rave about you as a footballer and even more as a person and – it's um, it makes sense why a lot of people talk so highly 
of you as a person and it's been I'm blessed to be able to now call you a mate. So I'm really proud of you. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Gosh, I, I feel like I've done enough talking today, but Tommy, I <laughs> I um I love you so much, mate. And I just yeah, I just really needed you to know how much you meant to me and how much it meant for me to have you on my podcast, you know, drive to Melbourne and I just knew I had to speak to you. I was a little bit anxious about it. I was a bit nervous to do it, but I sent a few messages and kind of got it. I just, yeah. And this is a message to everybody, not just you, but you know, I guess it's a good note to kind of end on, but like, just don't ever forget the impact you can have on somebody. You don't even know how much you might mean to somebody because I kid you not. Sometimes it's just, it can be your best mates, can be your heroes and your biggest role models. And I just, yeah, love you to bits, mate. Thanks for I love you too. Gosh, I think that wraps us up for a Jed Wolford personal <laughs> cry session and a beautiful episode of the Triple H, full circle. Tommy Sparrow, any last words? Not a whole heap from my end, mate. Just uh, if you've got anything to say to someone, just say it. Give them a call, send them a message. I'm sure they'll be happy to hear you out. So uh, don't let it linger. Just get it out there. Don't let it linger. Just get it out there. You heard it here first, everyone. Thank you and ciao for now. Thanks for listening to the Triple H Podcast. Like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music to stay up to date with episodes and follow us at the Triple H Podcast on Instagram. If you wish to get in touch with us, send an email at the Triple H Podcast at gmail.com. Special thank you to Prizefight for providing the theme, his song, Vulnerable. And thank you to Uncle Michael O'Brien for our show's Welcome to Country.